This is Infection, the Survival Podcast, recorded live on Tuesday, October the 25th, 2022, episode 406. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome into another edition of Infection, the Survival Podcast. Infection is your weekly source for the latest on and in and around the video game industry with a little bit of common sense political commentary sprinkled in here and there. My name is Nick Craig. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Nicholas M. Craig. You can check out my daily political antics. Uh, excuse me, follow me on Twitter at Nicholas M. Craig. You can check out my daily political antics at nickcraig.com. you also find all of my social media on there as well. Joining me as he does each and every week from uh, an 80s bedroom where he's likely chatting with men on AOL chat or IRC that are claiming to not Yahoo. be. Yahoo. <laughs> wasn't AOL. Yahoo. Sorry. Yahoo Messenger who are claiming like to message me. Yeah, claiming to be other 15-year-old boys that are actually 45-year-old yeah, men is blind I, with an IOL. I like video games. <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. You want to come to my apartment? I'm 15. Yeah, I've got a cool <laughs> stereo system. Come check out my stereo. <laughs> exactly. Check well, out if my you want to find me boost. at Brian, <laughs> yeah, at Brian Aldrin, Gab Parler, Getter, Truth Social, or of course, of course, at Boise Computer on Twitter. We'll see. Uh, supposedly, that's still going through the sale. We'll see if I keep. That. What about your parlor? You got a parlor uh, now that our boy Kanye? I do have a parlor as well. Oh, okay, I think I think it's Brian Aldrin's there as well. Uh, uh, if you want to check out my blog, Vitatech.com, <laughs> and of course our website, InfectionPodcast.com. If you go there on the right hand side, there's join our server on Discord. Uh, we got 11 ARC servers going right now. We actually have a Conan Exiles server going. So if you're interested in playing some Conan Exiles, we got one that has some mods on there uh, for building, a lot of cool stuff. Uh, I don't know. We'll see how long we keep that up, but it's it's going at the moment. Uh, if you want to watch the live show, you can do that through Twitch or YouTube. And then if you want to uh, listen to the show, you can do that in the podcast form after the recording is done. We upload a copy of that. And, uh, and you can listen to that through the lower right-hand side. Lots of different platforms and ways to do that. But if you are listening to the show, that means that the particular show notes for that episode have been uploaded as well. And you can go there, and there's a built-in audio and video player and links for each of the different topics that we discussed during that show. So maybe there's a video that you wanted to watch and you were listening to the show and you want to see that after the fact or maybe watch it while you're listening. Just jump on there, and we'll have a link to that or source material like tweets and and. Uh, things from game developers, whatever it is that we're referring to, links are throughout that. So really helps with people that are listening. If you want to support the show, there's an option up top for support or infectionpodcast.com forward slash support. Yes, and we thank all of the folks that have uh, given us some great support over the past couple of years. Brian, I want to open with, I think, a sleeper of a story. And you actually surprisingly had it in the show notes. I wasn't expecting it because it's a very odd story. Um, But it goes to show you the current status of the video game industry, the folks that are uh, a a quote. uh, I'm going to use one of their terms, Brian, allies of the video game industry. And it's that they do not deal in good faith. And this is surrounding yep. the voice actress that was that ha- is the voice of Bayonetta. Which, by the way, if you've never played the original Bayonetta games back on the Xbox 360, they were kick-ass games. They were a lot of fun. I really, I never, them. I've never played any Bayonetta. So you're saying that's something I should try? Yeah, Bayonetta is a Bayonetta is a really great game. Um, so I've I very much enjoy enjoyed Bayonetta and um. The new Bayonetta, Bayonetta 3, is scheduled out. It's in development right now. And the individual who is the voice, was the voice of the original Bayonetta by the name of Helena Taylor, apparently went on Twitter, and or didn't apparently, she did go on Twitter and claimed that the developers behind Bayonetta were offering her just $4,000 to voice the game. Which yeah. is, in her in her case, she claimed that that was an insulting amount of money, and on face value, yeah. that is an assault. In a, is an insulting amount of money for somebody that has already got a track record, is already the voice of the game. Yeah. That's a problem. But 
As time went on, according to a new report out of PC Gamer, the claims that the voice actress made are complete nonsense. According to Platinum Games, who was the ones who were hiring her to do the voice acting, they would have hired her for at least five sessions, paying her three to four thousand dollars for four hours in the studio. So nearly a thousand dollars an hour. Almost a thousand dollars an hour. Yeah. to voice wasn't act, quite enough for her it wasn't quite enough which would have been about fifteen thousand dollars now is that um earth shattering money for voice actors no is it could it number maybe be a little bit higher sure maybe she wanted 25 or 30 grand okay maybe we can negotiate but see that's not what it was she rejected yeah. the offer and asked for six figures as well as residuals so she wanted to essentially make over a hundred thousand dollars to voice act in the game and then get uh royalties for all intents and purposes on it what in the hell was she thinking yeah this is something where i really think well she probably figured because she was a previous actor in this that they felt obligated or you know people would be mad if she wasn't the same voice or you know they want to have that carry forward and she probably thought she had him over a barrel, but obviously she didn't. You know, they, they offered her some sort of a price. She said, no, I want this much money, which was many multiples above what the, they were saying. And here you go. You know, it turns around. We got an issue. I, at least here, the, the thing is, usually you, you get one side of the story and then there's no, you know, there's no return you know, unless it goes to court. Here, at least they did come back and say, hey, no, actually, we offered her this much, which is a reasonable amount, at least for a first offer. I, 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 well, I don't think that's an insulting offer for 15. I don't know how well that game's going to sell. Um, you know, if and she hasn't, I mean, she's acted in some other things, I think, right? I'm assuming she's done something else. I have this no isn't idea. the only thing she's done. If, she's, if this is one of the only things she's done, that's really not that bad. You know, they went on to hire people that have been massive, in Mass Effect and things like that. You know, ones that have big uh, a history of, of some big titles. So if she really wanted it, it just sounds like she came back with something that was so out of the ballpark that they're just like, well, why, what's the point of coming back? You know, $15,000 versus a minimum of $100,000 plus residuals is not the same ballpark. There's not really a point in, in negotiating at that point. Yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, it's not even. It's not even ballpark. Um, and of course, as you would expect, Brian, uh, individuals jumped to her defense, and you know, the, this is what's wrong with the video game industry, and you know, oh, it's discrimination because she's a woman, and just so on and so forth. Because we only saw and heard one side of the story, and that one side of the story yeah. turned out to be complete and total nonsense. Complete and total nonsense. Um, and now she's having to, um, she's now telling people to boycott buying Bayonetta. She's now telling people that they need to donate their money to a charity instead of buying the game from a, quote, corrupt and greedy people. So corrupt and greedy that she, you know, worked for them in the past and took a paycheck from them in the past. It's just so yeah. unabashed with these people. It's yeah. just. Frustrating. It, 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 it it's it's not even no it's not even frustrating it's just laughable i mean this is just this is just yeah, how but, they operate yeah well that's the thing is it's that entitled mentality i just think that if she was serious she would have said okay as you said 30th double their number if you or if you think for some reason that you're that important in the series uh, say forty five thousand dollars. try coming something, back with something yeah. but but to, to then say you know something that could be 10 times what they said is is just not reasonable and then to bash them afterwards and to lie about it to go and you know talk to a place uh, go to twit twitch or sorry twitter and to lie about the numbers that they gave you and only give per session fees and claiming that that is the whole uh total paycheck that's that's where the the big issue comes in you just said that's per session and then people realize that you're making about almost a thousand dollars an hour guess what your sympathy goes out the door yeah, and that is again. That's that's why I said this is it. It's dis it's disingenuous, and that's what this that's that's yeah. my biggest problem with this stuff is it's not that 
um, it's not that we're it's not that we can't have a conversation. It's not that um, the it's not that you're it's not that we're unable to talk about it. It's that the information isn't accurate. It's that the yeah. d- stuff is misleading and everything else. That's my yep. biggest problem is that. And then I'm supposed. And then when it's called out, it, they just double, triple down and claim, "Oh, well, now you just need to donate their money." Yeah, and so and that's the thing. At least she got kind of caught in it to where she just didn't bash the company because, you know, on Twitter that's the thing. People will jump on this bandwagon because it happens over and over and over again in this type of a culture, where you you know someone will say, "Oh, you know, this is something that happened," and then everybody starts boycotting the company when they have no idea what. I mean, just look at the whole Blizzard Activision, or not Blizzard, um, yeah, the whole Blizzard thing with, with a lot of that that came up. Most of the people probably have no idea what happened there. Yeah. Um, or with with the Activision deal, most of the people have no idea what's going on with the culture. They just, you know, want to bash the president or the CEO of that company. <laughs> they don't know, they don't even have an idea whether he's done anything wrong or what's been done to fix kind of, uh, issues with the culture of the company or with complaints that have happened. But you know what? There was an article written or someone said, you know, oh, I heard this or I feel like this. And all of a sudden everybody's bashing the company and saying all these false facts, you know, that they've come up with. And at least with this one, as I said, it kind of came back and people are knowing the truth, or at least people that are willing to listen. Yeah. So uh, sleeper story of the week. It doesn't get much play because it's kind of an odd story, odd event. Um, but I think it just perfect this, a story like this, which was so quickly debunked, Brian, I think perfectly, yeah. uh, it's like just tying a little bow on top of everything that is wrong with the, the current video game industry and the moral outrage. So, uh, yeah, no sympathy for the Bayonetta lady, uh, at all. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens with it. Uh, I want wanted, to. Oh, do sorry, you have a preference? Yeah, no, you have a preference. No, no. no, go ahead. I'm perfectly well, happy if you want. I was I was going to say a follow up on a story that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Oh yeah, Stadia uh, announcing they're shutting down, and don't well, don't yeah. worry, Stadia is still shutting down. <laughs> that news is not changing. But Brian, you brought up about a some some poor bastard that's got six thousand hours worth of yeah. Red Dead Online, Red Dead Progress, yeah, <laughs> his Stadia account, and um, it's because the Stadia edition, because unlike uh, Nvidia Now or some of these other services where you're essentially just virtualizing a computer to play these games, Stadia Streaming is it its from own some platform. other service. Well, you're streaming it from, in the case of NVIDIA now, it's literally just a Windows VM or a Linux VM that's yep. streaming it. So you're using a, a Steam account or something you're still playing a Steam like game, that. you're Correct. still playing an Epic game, whatever it is, an Xbox game. So here, this was one where they create a specific client, and you're really playing through a client that Rockstar has made just for Stadia. That was kind of the downside of the whole Stadia concept. With them, they say they could do some, you know, make it faster and do all these things with it, which didn't really happen. But here, the problem is when Stadia shut down, all of a sudden your game, is your save, your progress is locked only in Stadia's world. Correct. And so, uh, so Rockstar, uh, through their support account, had contacted him and let him know that they're going to be helping him out. So here, I'll read this really quick. Hi, Color. We are pleased to confirm that all active Stadia players who played Red Dead Online within the 30 days prior to Stadia announcing their shutdown will be able to carry over their earned... Uh, Red Red Dead Online dollars, right? Gold bars, XP, roll XP, and roll tokens to another existing account on either PC, Xbox One, or PlayStation 4. Players will just need to have the Target Game account linked to their Rockstar Social Club account and can reach out to us via the Rockstar Support website for assistance. So for him, wow, he'll be able to move it to whatever platform that he desires, which is pretty cool. Uh, now... <laughs> That's good of Rockstar to do that. But we have another company here that we've talked about quite a bit that was not willing to do the same thing, and that's Player Unknown Battlegrounds. They will not be moving any of their progress from Stadia to any other platforms. Uh, oh, but, <laughs> my heart. <laughs> yeah, so oh. um, it comes down to it said, no, we will not uh, help migrate into new services the schedule for migration is far too tight is what they say so they won't be doing this i i mean i can't imagine that it, it it's very different like it's just a bunch of skins right and 
Um, it's no, it's, it's and progress and, and uh, yeah, season pass high scores, and all that things like that. But mostly your season pass ends up in skins and then their virtual currency, right? I mean, yeah, but it's the tracking it. the progress of it. So let me say this. So they're not going to be bothering. I've got a hot take for you. Well, and the reason they're not bothering is because there probably nobody has any progress on pub. pub nobody has any progress. Most not likely. worth their man hours. No, I got a hot take though. This yeah. is one, and there's not many, Brian. This is the only reason Rockstar can do this is because of the Rockstar social account. If they do not yeah. have a Rockstar social account, and all of this stuff was done in individual, uh, you know, managed by individual consoles on individual logins and individual accounts, you'd be completely SOL. The only way yeah. that this is possible is because of cross-platform and because of Rockstar social. I'm not giving anybody a free pass for... Um, you know, launchers and other BS that's associated with it. But if there is a if there is an advantage, this is it. When a platform shuts down, you can migrate your stuff. And with without that, the yep. only way they could do this would have to be, I, I guess, they guess manually they could give this guy's account a whole bunch of stuff. But that's gonna, I mean, that would just be a, a nightmare. Um, and they they probably wouldn't do it because it would take so much time to try and get this guy's account clicked over or, or whatever it would be so maybe a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a saving grace there for for accounts yeah and, th and that's the thing is they have gone through on the rockstars platform and added all the things to link your xbox account your playstation account your you know, i don't your steam account yeah your epic account all those things are built in so they're able to migrate these things back and forth it seems like pretty easily um so i wanted to talk here really quickly about there's this technology that came out about a chip that's a potato chip? speeding up the ability to transfer internet traffic. Okay. And I, I thought it was really interesting how they're doing this, and they're using photonics. Because, of course, right now, is fiber is one of the fastest and most reliable ways to send data over long distances using light. Um, and so with these fiber connections, they have a chip that's now able to also bring in the different colors of light and makes it so that they can transfer the internet traffics in a single second. So the internet's current traffic, they can transfer in a single second using this new chip, on this chip. So it's transferred over a petabit of per second, according to this research uh, done in Sweden and Japan. That's over 1 million gigabits of data per second with a fiber optic cable. So it's, basically, it's pretty much the whole internet's worth of traffic. That they're able to do over that. Um, well, and, and, and so it looks this, like they're accomplishing this by doing, and you mentioned the different colors of light, they're doing more multiplexing. So they're claiming that they are doing mm -hmm. 223 channels worth of data yep. because of multiplexing um, in a single fiber optic cable. Um, yeah. Which is 1.84 petabytes a second. That's astonishing. Yeah, they, they split the data stream into 37 sections, one for each core of fiber optic cable, and then they split those into 223 channel, channels, um, which removes a lot of that interference that slows down optical systems. Because you got to think of how optics works. Uh, this is one thing when I got certain certifications. Part of the issues is the light is bouncing inside of the cable like this. And so, you know, if they have a more narrow narrow cable or narrow strand, that the fiber, the, the optics cable, then it's it's less of that kind of up and down bounce. It's, it's They're trying to get it to go forward, and it actually does change the speed that it goes down the cable at long distances. Um, so, yeah, with this, they were able to do some different changes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you can see how it bounces. Uh, that does make a difference. And so I would bet you that getting some of the smaller cables and breaking it down does help quite a bit. Well, and um, another thing you so deal with at a distance is attenuation when you're sending up in this yep. case a beam of light hundreds of miles or whatever the beam is attenuated by the time it gets to the end and that can that if that affects throughput it's less data because it is literally it's literally ping-ponging back and forth throughout the entire strand it's pretty amazing it's honest to god amazing how it works in the first place that all of those yep. pieces of light go through and they don't collide with each other it's it's astonishing that that it even works at all um, and that they can get the speeds up like this. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, and they said that with this, the big breakthrough was those was what they call microcombs, which are, way, are a way to generate constant and measurable frequencies of light. 
So hmm. uh, it's not only useful for shrinking down the, the requirements for a system such as this, but also recently breaks through through adding to CMOS chips. So we'll see, if, you know, having now the ability between countries using this new technology to send huge amounts of traffic. Because uh, you know, right now they have cables going between countries. At some point, we reach peak capacities when sending these data in. So they have to lay new cables. Uh, you know, it sounds like with this, doing this new style of cable and using this new chip, they'll be able to lay one cable down between countries that's now the current bandwidth of the internet. And, you know, they, I'm sure they could lay multiple of these cables and really up the, the bandwidth. So pretty, pretty cool. Uh, you know, we always think that we're hitting some sort of a cap when it comes to technology. I remember, I've, talk, I've talked about this before, but I remember back in the 90s when we hit the 100 megahertz on chips and people were saying you cannot go over 100 megahertz, megabits because, or 100 megahertz because the uh, the heat there's just no way to keep the heat down enough you know we'll never it's make it impossible. over 100 megahertz and you know <laughs> yeah you know it's like well technology happened and now look where we're at so uh, things like this breakthroughs where whatever cap they thought they were reaching on bandwidth has uh, has been broken so just by doing it a little bit differently yeah all uh, right very, very another cool. another follow up we've been talking about this a little bit is with China ah yes, China Tencent shareholders. Here's the title from from PC Gamer. Tencent shareholders drown their sorrows as Chinese tech crackdown makes it less valuable than a booze firm. Well, hold um, on a second. So this a hostile environment. Yeah, hold on. I got to What's why are we going? Why are we trying to say that something is wrong with a booze firm? I mean, what? what there's alcohol vendors making. They make a whole bunch of them. Look at Anheuser Busch and all these companies. I mean, they make a fortune, Brian. This is this seems like it is very well, discriminatory against people that drink alcohol. <laughs> Well, who Which knows? I might yeah, do. I'm sure, in China, they don't they don't like alcohol either. No, uh, don't don't they drink hostile it? I environment. Beer was I thought beer was big in China. Well, yeah, I mean, and they have sake in Japan. Sake. I don't know what yeah, what they drink a lot of in, in China. Maybe we'll take a trip. Hostile environment for China Chinese tech companies has seen Tencent undergo a big reversal of for, fortunes. Because I mean, how long have we talked about how huge Tencent has been and how mm. st- unstoppable Tencent has been? And it's amazing that their own country, the own one, own, the own country that has pretty much set them up in the way that they are, is now uh, bringing them down per se. I mean, as far as their stock prices, they're trading it between fifty and ninety dollars per share a, a year ago. Um, you know, and we're one of the most valuable companies in China, and and you know, lately they've just been dropping a huge amount, and it's been a lot about about this tech. Uh, crackdown that China's been doing, uh, the strict COVID policy, policies that they've been doing. Um, and so it's been limiting a lot of areas of China and, and tech has been one of them, and especially gaming, because they view uh, they view this as a threat to their youth and a threat to their, I guess, manliness of the country is how they've said it. Uh, one thing they said is that what they have been overtaken, you know, because they were one of the most valuable companies. Now they've been overtaken by the uh, a company that specializes in mayo mayo Thai rice wine, so now they're one of the top companies. So I guess people being not very happy about COVID and being indoors for their lockdowns have now turned to drinking. Well, maybe yeah, maybe living in a companies, maybe living in a communist hellhole and working your ass off for your entire life and have nothing to show for it also causes people to drink. But and, and you've got that. Remember that MMO that was where they were working with Amazon and Amazon kind of threw their hands up in the air and just said they couldn't work with Tencent. Yeah. Uh, and you know, there's a lot of things that have been happening uh, to where they're losing these contracts. Uh, the, the game approvals also, they, they mentioned in this article, there's no sign of that really letting up. China is still holding back and not allowing games to be built, uh, which is really what they relied on. Uh, and, you know, they're expanding outside, but even the gaming industry, we've seen, uh, there's areas of the gaming industry that are struggling as well. So I'm sure that they'll stay alive. I'm sure that they will stay as a company that's fairly strong. But, you know, them being the company that was kind of overtaking everybody, we'll see if that continues or if maybe we'll get a little bit of our uh, our holdings back if they have to sell off and try to keep keep afloat. Uh, what I'm uh, There's a couple of things I'm curious about, and, and one of them is, you know, this is essentially a company this is essentially a country killing a company that benefits the country and that's what yeah. is that's what's so odd is 
for China's, you know, China's got this plan of, of world domination and, you know, whatever you want to call it. And they're able, you know, and Tencent was a great way for them to do this. You purchase games like Riot or companies like Riot and League of Legends. You invest in Epic and some of these other firms. You start pushing around your muscle a little bit, start wielding some influence. That would have been a great way for China to try and weasel its way into even more Western uh, entertainment. And because of their own government decisions, they've killed that or they're in the process of killing that company it there's got to yep. be something more to it that you and i just aren't privy to because we're not we don't know the geopolitics in china but it it doesn't make sense at all it just it doesn't add up the, in, in any way shape or form but that's that's also the danger i mean look we called this out how early with h1z1 this was the danger that we saw with h1z1 not that we knew that china was going to turn around and, and hurt them but I really felt that them abandoning the U.S. market and going so in on China was a dangerous decision to make because we did see China was very strict. They would say, do this, do that with the game. You can't do this. You can't do this. Um, they were very restrictive and controlling of what H1Z1 was allowed to do to be in China. And then the problem is H1Z1 let that trickle back to us where we started seeing changes on our sides here and there from changes they were making over in China. Um, you know, it's so... That really hurt them because China doesn't care. I mean, they learned that pretty quick. China doesn't care about your feelings. <laughs> they, they don't care whether or not you, you are making money or you know a lot of people in China are playing it. If they feel like they don't like you, guess what? You're gone. They, you know, they, don't, they don't have friends in that way. And you would think Tencent would be one of their friends because it was one of their biggest moneymakers, but obviously not. They're not afraid. They're willing yeah. to just say, all right, you're out. The whole thing is definitely odd, um, and I don't write Tencent off. I don't think they're, they're well, they're not yeah. going anywhere anytime soon. Um, I, they've made a lot of good, um, I'll call them power moves over the last couple of years. As I mentioned, companies like Riot uh, getting into companies like Epic as well. So I, I think and have a suspicion that... Maybe they're in a little bit of a, a little bit of a lull, but um, mm -hmm. I think, oh, I think overall they'll be fine. I mean, they'll come out of this. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm pretty confident that'll that'll happen as well. Yeah. Um. Okay. So here's another. Uh, there's here's another follow up about Bungie. I just thought this was interesting because we had talked about some hacks that had happened a while ago. Uh, now the cheap maker has a countersuit against Bungie saying that Bungie had hacked one of their computers in return. Oh. Um, so aim junkies, <laughs> which is a pretty well-known cheat provider. Okay. Uh, they, they had a lawsuit against them that was dismissed, you know, that Bungie was suing them. And then, you know, by Bungie refiled that suit, but they came back saying that uh, somehow that Bungie had hacked one of its computers. And in May, or is the system of, sorry, of James May, who was one of the managing members of Phoenix Digital during 2019-2021, um, to perform what it calls a clandestine surveillance in order to conduct further surveillance on parties that include, but are not limited to, Phoenix Digital and its principles. So, uh, you know, this is, this, according to them, violates Bungie's own DMCA rules and, the, you know, of course, the Fraud and Abuse Act. They make cheats for all of these games? Yes. Yeah, they're one what of the biggest. I've never heard of them. Yeah, no, they're, they're one of the biggest uh, cheat providers. How much are they? I don't know. Uh, they, they, I mean, I've seen them, like, what, 20 bucks? I, I don't know, probably 20 to 60. There you go. A month. So there's a subscription. A 70, week? Pretty much $70 a month. Oh, my or God. Or $35 a month or a week. So, but the, okay, so, but here's how, here's how it works. You're paying for that, and... And a lot of times these hacks are, are changed or, you know, so they do them in spurts to where they'll have a hack that works for that week. So you pretty much are renting it for a week or in, I think wow. they give you like an account to play it on sometimes because those accounts get banned. So you, it's like a throwaway account that you're renting for a week. Huh? There's a lot of stuff in here. Dead by daylight. Yeah. They're the, one of the, the biggest. I mean, the, this is this has got to be very lucrative. These are these are seventy dollars 
a cheat a month. So if you want to cheat in a couple of games, you're forking out some cash. Wow. Well, and some of the big streamers, here's the thing that's crazy is some of the really big streamers that end up being, you know, having been cheaters, they partner with with people because they can't get the regular standard cheats, right? Mm. Um, They need to have one. So they get tailored cheats where they'll pay a thousand dollars a week or a thousand dollars a month for a cheat that's pretty much only used by them. Um, and then that way, if there's an issue with it, like they get that personal update it for them. So there's some cheat streamers that, that have their own person who writes their cheats for them. Wow. They've or got, they, they get even into have contracts grown. with these companies that, you know, with the really high, because if a bunch of people have that cheat, it's going to get banned quickly. Right. So what they do yeah. is they pay a lot of money so they get exclusive rights to whatever that allows them to do that cheat and then that way it doesn't get banned right away. And people they've don't know. got they've got packages too. They've got a thing called uh overdose plus. They don't have the price on it and you have to create an account, but you have to use a uh, YubiKey OTP generator to have access to it. You need like auth for it. I mean this thing has got to be hundreds of dollars a month, if not thousands as you mentioned. It comes with literally a whole bunch of different games. Wow. Because they want it to be, because that's the thing is they're entering in a contract with you because they don't want, they don't want it to be cheap to where somebody can just log in who, it, you know, works for the company or whatever. They pay for the cheat and then they're able to figure it out right away. So yeah. that, you know, if you're wanting to get a legit cheat that you're, or cheat that you're willing to throw down a lot of money for, right, you're going to have it be to where, you're the only one who has access to that. There's a lot of steps to get in there because you don't want people getting into it and making the cheat known to where it gets banned right away. Because that cheat, if it's one that's not known yet, is valuable. And so they hold on to it pretty pretty tight. And they've got some pretty good marketing. I mean, look at this thing. They've got like a whole like a monthly thing, like Humble Bundle with some cheap cheats for, for games. I mean, and now they're suing, now they're countersuing Bungie? For hacking them, yeah. Hacking into <laughs> That's their system phenomenal. And monitoring them, huh? Yeah, who would have thought? All right, well, okay. About Brian, drastic. <laughs> well, you never know. This hey, calls for drastic welcome measures. Welcome to 2022. Yeah, as as, as we like to say. Um, so I'm very excited because uh, I was just able to, and I installed it today. The uh, new Call of Duty, the campaign uh, is available now, and the uh, multiplayer opens on Thursday, which I'm very very yeah. excited about um and obviously the the this call of duty is um uh, modern warfare 2 which is a remake of the not a remaster but a remake of the uh, original modern warfare 2 but microsoft is now out saying that because of previous commitments and deals that they had with sony call of duty the new call of duty and i think we talked about this either last week or the week prior is not sure coming to game pass um and yep. they have in uh, in a they put a filing in their uk's competition and markets authority which is the equivalent to the uh, ftc here in the u.s federal trade commission um that the the reason that call of duty is not as part of a part of xbox game pass library is because sony and activision have a current deal that restricts the game's presence on the service so Props yep. to Sony for making Activision sign up to the, you know, agreeing to these terms. Um, but yep. looking at it right now, it says that the agreement between Activision and Blizzard and Sony res- uh, that places, quote, restrictions on the ability of Activision Blizzard to place COD titles on Game Pass for a number of years. So it specifically yep. names Game Pass. Um, according to Xbox head Philip Spencer, he said that when he spoke to the Sony representatives in January and confirmed that Microsoft's intent is to honor all of the existing agreements for this. Um, now, it doesn't indicate how long this will continue in terms of years um, because we don't have the full full contract, but this is a... Um, this is a the kind of a blow for for Microsoft. Um, yeah, it one of the popular, one of the more popular, most popular gaming franchises. Which, by the way, now costs seventy dollars because that's the new cost of AAA titles. Not being card part of Game Pass is uh, is a little bit of a, a blow for them. But on the flip side, 
good guy Microsoft for because I'm sure that they could take this to court and probably at least delay it for long enough to get what they wanted or or litigate their yeah. way out of it. But they're not. They're they're sticking by the agreements. They're gonna they're gonna play it out and let it go as it is. And I guess eventually we'll have Game Pass, uh, uh, Call of Duty on Game Pass. And I can tell you what, once that happens, Brian, I don't know that I'll ever buy a game again. Because as of right yeah. now, the only game I really buy instead of stream and, and will most definitely buy because I can't stream it is Call of Duty. Once that is available on yeah. Game Pass to download on PC, I the, there will be nothing left. I mean, there just won't be any yeah. reason. There won't be any reason to buy a game. Well, in these couple of years, will go by pretty quick too. I mean, you got to think about it. That's only so many releases of Calls of Duty. Yeah, two, maybe, maybe, maybe one or two more releases. Yeah, yeah, one or two more releases, and then that restriction will be off. They'll have met that, and then probably all the Call of Duties that are you know online or that are available to still play will yep. probably be put on there, and that'll be huge for them. That'll be another huge. big jump in why would you, you know why go with PlayStation Plus. Uh, no, go, let's go with Xbox and, and the whole streaming service. Uh, yeah, so uh, very excited so, to try out the, the campaign on that. And uh, the multiplayer comes out Thursday. So if you're a call, a call of duty player, uh, hit me up on the old discord server and uh, get you in a private group that we play with. Well, and I, 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 we have more Microsoft news, but I just want to throw this in there. Netflix has confirmed that it's going to be launching a cloud gaming service. Yeah. So they have I confirmed that. Now, and this is interesting not, to see. This is not the first time that we've heard of yeah, Netflix rumors, rumors, but also them delving into the video game industry. We saw they had some and I, I will admit I never played them. I didn't even attempt to try and play them. They yeah. had these like weird mobile companion, games, right? Yeah, it was like these weird companion mobile games for like uh, uh, Stranger Things and stuff like that that never really seemed to take off at all. But now it looks so they like... they released 35 games for mobile. That's so they have 35 games bizarre. for mobile so far. Yeah, and they said Tuesday in their earnings release, they had an additional 55 games in its pipeline. 14 Why? of those games are being built by Netflix's own studio, Ver, uh, this person said, um, adding that the company was going to launch an additional studio in Southern California soon. The studio would be led by Chico, or Chaco Sony who previously served as executive producer for Activision Blizzard's Overwatch franchise. So, Why? Sounds like who, maybe they're moving on beyond, maybe beyond mobile. I mean, because really, if you're going to be streaming something, why would you just stream mobile games? You could play those locally on the little devices that you're sending Netflix, you know, doing on Netflix. Who is playing these games, Brian? I, I think they, they throw out a, you know just for whatever these little series are. I mean, I can only imagine what kind of game they have for that Dahmer series, if they did anything. Um, but, you know, just the games that they, they're these TV series that are popular, they'll throw out some cheap, it seems like they're kind of cheap little quick games that have to do with that series. Because you don't really hear about them. It's not like they're hitting top 10 of, of mobile games. I mean, they threw out 35 of them. Yeah, they're, they're little simple games. Hmm. I. I mean, well, hold on. I guess I guess I need to pull up pull up the old app store here and uh, and see what I can find. Netflix. Yeah, uh, Langon Langon says just the other week you were boasting numbers of mobile games. Yeah, the 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 popular ones. The question is, did you even know that Netflix had thirty five mobile games? Um. I'm pulling up and, the, they just, they, and they've gotten they'll have 90 here pretty soon. You know, that's a huge number of mobile games for a single company to be putting out. I mean, nobody's well, playing them because so how many here's the, the, not sure how many of those are mobile stranger things. Can you look up while I'm doing this, Brian? Can you look up how many people streamed stranger things like how popular that show is? Because I just pulled up yeah. the 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 strange. It's called Stranger Things 1984. This is the official app mm -hmm. that is uh, developed and built by Netflix and it is available on the iOS app store. And looking at the this, the numbers on this game, in terms of total reviews, this is total reviews. It has mm -hmm. 475 total reviews. Now, Brian, do you have those numbers as to how popular the Stranger Things series is? All right. So 
it's in the top 10. And so they're saying that it accounted for 64.8 million hours streamed. Okay. Oh, well, so, I, like, I think, let me make sure that this is the one they're talking about. Oh, wait, that's the Lincoln lawyer. Hold on, let me... Okay, here we go. Stranger Things debuted Friday and broke the premiere weekend record for an English-language TV show on Netflix which with 286.7 million hours streamed. And the game has less than 500 total reviews on the iOS app store. You can see it's ranked 150th in the adventure chart across the app store. Um, it was the number one spot about. in 93 countries. I mean, the reviews look fine, I'm sure, but nobody even nobody's playing them. Nobody even knows that they exist. Yeah. I, I just, I, it doesn't make any, I don't know how you can have the, I don't know how you could have Stranger Things, one of the most popular series of all time on a mobile game app. And by the way, there's no promotion for it. You would think in the show yeah. they would have maybe done some stupid plug for it like they did with everything else. They didn't. Nobody even knows that the game I exists. Think they're doing these, I think they're doing these very generic games because you can pre-design a lot of these games and then you just toss out the graphics, you know, depending on the, the style of game. Yeah, you change out the assets a little bit and they're all top-down pixel games. You know, they don't do 3D games. And so until you start getting something that's more playable uh, and has more depth to it because they're not voice acted. They're all pixel games. Uh, it's just, they're, they're not the type that people want to play for long periods of time. And so, and this is one of the top games, but you know what it would, to make a, a game that's really playable would take a long period of time. You can't pre-design it and make it super generic and then toss your, gra toss your graphics that you generated in. Oh my God. There's like a gazillion games on that, that Netflix has built. There's a SpongeBob yeah. game. There's a, um, a there's a couple of cooking games. There's exploding kittens is on here. Um, Dungeons and Dwarves, Domino Cafe, Kittens, Wonder Putt Forever, which is a miniature golf game. I didn't even know any of these things existed. This yeah, is wild. And by the way, see, here's the thing though. This is unlike. A mobile game, a regular mobile game, because you have to have a Netflix subscription to play them. These are not free-to-play yeah. games that offer pay-to-win or uh, skins or anything like that. No, you the, literally, it says it right in the... I'm looking at this mini-golf game, and it says, Available exclusive for Netflix members. So you have to have a, you know, a Netflix subscription to even get access to this stuff. So that's not unlike Candy Crush or... Uh, you know, Castle Crow, whatever, uh, whatever the, the the hip kids are playing these days, um, whatever they're doing on mobile, they're not doing any of this. So to me, it just seems like a complete waste of time for Netflix because they're not making any yeah. money. No, they're not making money, and it's not really a draw. It's not like oh, I'm going to maintain. <laughs> they they my don't Netflix advertise it because these games, these games are awesome. Netflix does a whole bunch of advertising on traditional television. I've never seen them advertise yeah. a game. I've never seen them advertise that they make mobile games. It is it makes no sense, especially when you've got hot hot series hot series like Stranger Things. Why would you not promote it? Well, yeah, I have to see if there's a Dahmer one. Did you watch that Dahmer series? No, I don't know what that is. Dahmer? I mean, it's about Jeffrey Dahmer and oh. it goes into a lot there's a lot of controversy with it. Um you know, as far as, because he, he only killed pretty much gay men. Or, um, and so they, they turned a lot of it into kind of a no, there's talking no about Jeffrey that Dahmer issue. Game. and what, did you, what, no. you really thought that they were going to make a game about a serial killer? Well, that would be an interesting one to play. I'm just saying that'd be more interesting. <laughs> that'd probably get people to play it. You're a serial killer, hunting men down, and then eating them. I mean, come on. Wouldn't that be an interesting game to play? Well, I'll tell you what, I'm sure there's... Get headlines. I'm sure there's a, an email that you feedback at Netflix.com. You, you got to figure out how to slip Brian. him a drug to get him to fall asleep. I dis I yeah. disavow I disavow all of these comments. I do not sign off. These are it's, if you have any comments on this, Brian at InfectionPodcast.com is where you can send your emails. I I have nothing to do with this. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go. Let's go back to uh, let's go back to Microsoft. I just figured okay. you know we're talking about streaming and everything. Yeah. Um. So 
let's talk about cloud because Microsoft either going through this this merger or they're wanting to do it. Uh, and so Microsoft now is saying, you know, they have a bleak outlook on the future of cloud gaming because what? they don't want to seem like they're, well, because they're trying to downplay their threat of what, the, you know, what damage they could do to other companies. They're saying, I don't, you know, during the short term, I don't see a lot of, you know, this streaming thing doesn't seem like a real strong thing. Uh, Meanwhile, it's like 30% of the revenue of the for the Xbox investigation. division. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it's kind of funny because they've been talking publicly, you know, they have this really bullish stance on the xCloud service. But, you know, when it comes down to talking about it in their legal court papers, all of a sudden, you know, this this streaming thing, I just I don't think it's going to be a big deal. <laughs> it's not, it, you know, what could it possibly do, you know, to competition and, you know, the Stadia, that was, that, you know, of course, that, nothing. See, nobody likes streaming. Look at Stadia. You know, it's kind of their their argument. Um, you know, and so people are looking at this, the stadia thing and saying, well, maybe, but you know what, long-term it is the thing. And I think that, you know, if they can get this temporarily, uh, you know, cause, cause there's another article here, they're talking about Microsoft does not play the cloud like immature technology. You know, they're saying it's really immature technology short term, you know, it's not, it's going to take a while to ramp up. Um, but I think long-term it definitely is, especially with what we've seen with the hardware market really plummeting yet pc gaming seems to be pretty strong because I, I didn't put them in here but steam's numbers i mean they had 30 million concurrent steam people on um, steam's doing really strong so obviously people don't just want to play on consoles but you know what i think people are going to get to a point where they don't really see the difference anymore whether what it's kind of like you know do you watch net where do you watch netflix or i'm going to watch netflix on a netflix device no you watch netflix on your phone you watch netflix on your xbox you watch netflix on your computer you watch netflix wherever it is and i think that's what we're going to see with the streaming you're no longer looking at oh i'm going to go play on my xbox i'm going to go play call of duty does it matter where you play call of duty no does it matter what you play call of duty on no not anymore you're just going to go play call of duty just like i'm going to go i'm going to go watch some netflix because you you don't ask people what are you playing we're gonna what are you gonna watch Netflix on does it matter yeah. no it no. doesn't actually <laughs> and I think that we're waiting for it to get to that point right now it does matter you just say I'm gonna go stream a game well what are you gonna stream a game on um, you know because I that way I we get to you know whether or not I get to play with you um, you know it's it's just I'm gonna play on Xbox I'm gonna play this game doesn't matter how because I'll still be able to play with you and it's not gonna affect how you play with me. Right. I think we're just we're working our way to that. But as Microsoft said, the technology is still new and a little bit immature. And they said they don't think it'll become more popular in the near future. But in the long term, it will. But that's why they're saying in the near future, we don't think it'll be that popular. Of course. The devices are, you know, they're not releasing their little streaming um, disc or whatever in the near future. I think once they start putting that out instead of consoles, then it's going to blow up because people will be streaming on decent internet connections instead of buying a console and getting the you know high-end graphics. Once is that'll probably be the next release, right? Do you think the new Xbox Series X, you know, whatever they come out and call it next, what do you think they're going to do next? Do you think it's going to be a big device that has something beyond ray tracing that does 8K stream or 8K um, screen resolution and things like that, or? Do you think they're just going to stream to you at 8K? Um, so I'm trying to pull up the Xbox Wikipedia because I want to look at um, uh, time times here. So the Xbox 360 came out in 2005. The Xbox mm -hmm. One came out in 2013. So that's an eight-year mm -hmm. or seven-year uh, gap. No, excuse me. That is a yeah. It's a seven-year gap there. And then the Xbox Series X and S came out in 2020. So that was also a seven-year gap. So the question is going to be, by 2027, what yeah. will we be into? And if I have... I think if, they're going to start pushing people to streaming by that point, well, where we, you'll be like, well, do I even care at that point whether or not they have a new console? Because it's going to be the same thing that I'm playing on the streaming. If micro if uh, if if Microsoft and Xbox are smart, what they I'm convinced what they need to do is they need to make make a um, they need to either partner with Roku, which I still stand by, would be a phenomenal idea. Yeah. Um, that's what that would be my first preference is partner with Roku, 
and make a Roku Xbox or make their own smart TV device that does everything and does the Xbox cloud because well, I think and that's problem- what that's what we've seen, right? That little that little circle. But it's got to do more. Gonna do. But it has to do more than yeah. just play the Xbox cloud because the problem you've got is newer televisions have limited USB, uh, limited HDMI ports, and you're saying you know, then you get back to the old thing of all right, I'm switching to an input just to do one single thing. The way that, especially for a streaming service, if you can have it integrated into, well, we saw already, it's, um, was it the new, was it the new LG or the new Samsung TVs? I think it was the, I think it was Samsung's, maybe. Yeah. Maybe it was LG. I don't remember what it was, but they have the Xbox Game Pass built right into them now. So that, to me, that's the solution here. You've got to partner with Roku or somebody to, 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 to do this so that you can have a d- device that not only does xCloud and or a game pass but also does everything else and then guess what you not only dominate the console market you dominate the ott market and that's yeah. what and roku's dominating the ott market right now no no argument about well that. I, I think i think the, the the thing that i think microsoft is going to have to do though is i think they really got to focus on making their interface for xbox easier to use because right now it's kind of a mess. I mean, you know, if you know the interface, you're like, okay, that makes sense. But you know what? They need to make it to where a person can come up, just like on Netflix. When you go to Netflix, you just start browsing around and kids can do it. But you know what? You hand a person who's never played an Xbox before a controller and you say, all right, go find this game and launch it. Well, where do I go? Okay, all games. Okay, is it installed? How do I get? And it's just they've got so many things on the screen I think they're going to have to simplify it down to where you have, okay, I'm going to play this game or I'm going to, here's my apps list. I'm going to stream on Netflix, make it to where it's easy to jump and you're not having to figure out how to set it up to where it replaces whatever streaming device that you were using to play Netflix on or whatever your streaming platform is. Whatever that was, you're now replacing it with a little circle that has Xbox on it as well. Where that becomes kind of like our Roku here, I replaced all of my Fire TVs with Roku's. Coming to the Roku good side. Roku does all the streaming. Yeah, Roku does all the streaming for me. Well, how are you going to pull me off of a Roku? Is give me something that has all of my apps. Yes. And is in a nice yes. interface that I have the ability to lock down, right? Because that's something I couldn't do on the Fire TV. I I kind of I kind of do it on Roku. Not really, actually, because it makes you use one interface. But Microsoft's gotten really good about their family features where you can say to your kids, all right, you can have this much Xbox time. You can have this much Netflix time. That's what's going to get parents to switch over. And I've kind of convinced you a little bit that the parent thing and parent parental controls, I think, is kind of the future of which one's going to be dominant in the platform. And Microsoft family will allow me to say, I will allow my kid on their account to watch one hour of Netflix play two hours of 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 you know whatever game they're happening to play um, at the time uh, to play to do this much of this and this much of that it, well, the one that does that and a parent can easily manage it on their cell phone that's the one that's going to replace all of it because they have that one device and they don't have to worry about what their kids are doing anymore and it's locked down they can only log into their account I agree. that's what's going to take it over yeah, and and that's going to be the question: is is how does Microsoft want to slay this dragon? Do they want to try to do it internally? Yeah. All which I would say will probably lead to a, a subpar platform. We saw things like uh, XBMC in the past that they attempted to do yep. that were just garbage interfaces and platforms. Or do they partner with somebody? Hell. You know, maybe if Amazon wants to, and, and I know they're kind of direct competitors, but if Amazon really wanted to come out and say, you know what? Yeah, we know Roku's kind of uh, cleaning our clocks here in terms of the streaming devices. Maybe Amazon says, hey, we need to partner with Microsoft and the, all the Amazon yep. Fire devices need to be the official device and come to some agreement. It's I just I'm convinced yep. it has to be somebody besides Microsoft because I don't think that they've got the I don't think they've got the. Um, I don't even know what you'd call it. I don't think they have what it takes. They haven't to make done well with hardware device. devices. No, look at right? the, the Windows well phones. Hard, the Lumina, the they were garbage. The Windows phone was a loser. Ugh. But make a platform. Make a platform that you can build on whatever hardware. The thing is, is people they're always trying to do these operating systems, and that's what it really comes down to. 
Uh, well, let me you know, say this. They're going to have to make an open source platform that they people can, or not necessarily open source, but some sort of a thing that people can then install on devices that has the ability to do this. Well, and see, that's, I mean, why, why does they need to control it? Well, and well, that's, so that's, that's where I was going to take this is you could handle it two ways. You could either partner with somebody and do the exclusivity for your device, or you can take the steam deck approach with steam OS and say, yeah, it's open. Please build it into your platform. If Microsoft was smart, that's what they would do. They would work with Roku and Amazon because essentially that's the only two OTT devices get the app integrated really well into their platform. And then now you have to do nothing. And it's their app that they're managing. And you just essentially sit back and you just have now added this many more users to your potential ecosystem. See, but Roku right now is in a really bad spot. And the reason is they don't have the ability to hook a controller up to any of their devices right now. But but they cannot hook a Bluetooth controller. There's There's no no ability to hook a Bluetooth. I don't know what their hardware is inside, whether but or not they blue, have a normal Bluetooth chip. They do have a normal Bluetooth chip because you can Does add, it? I believe so, because I think you can add a Bluetooth um, headphones, right? Uh, uh, yes, uh, a, a headset or something like that. Yes, yeah, something like that to it. I okay, believe so they need to unlock that then because that's their real, that's what's hurting them right now is you can't really use it for simple, I mean, because they've got little apps where you can play certain games on there. You can't yeah. hook up a little controller to it to be able to play on there. Why? There's no reason not to. Like, why are they limiting their their platform and not allowing you to ho- put little games on your device or, you know, putting a uh, an emulator for, you know, old games and things like that on there to where you can play? They, and I feel like that, that's why they're doing it, is they don't want people playing emulated games on their device, so they lock down controllers. But I think that's silly. Open it up, and then that way you can have Xbox put their app on there and play it on your Roku. Yeah, and and that is the biggest problem with Roku in terms of um you know comparing them to Amazon is you can uh you know jailbreak an Amazon, you can sideload apps to a Fire TV stick and that makes it a very uh lucrative platform for maybe some uh less than legal content Brian that you can stream on yeah. something like a an Amazon device. Um but it also also creates some problems where the devices tend to be a little bit sluggish, a little bit slower. Maybe the user experience isn't exactly the best either. So it's it's very much a catch-22 for these platforms. But how Microsoft handles this and you know how they want to go into the future, hardware is a losing industry. It always has been. Hardware yeah. is expensive. The R&D costs you literally a, a literal fortune. Then you've got to support the devices. Go back if you want to... Uh, you know, see how terrible hardware can be. Go back and look at the Xbox 360 Red Ring of Death controversy and the oh, yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars that Microsoft had to just ostensibly eat because of yep. their issue with the Red Ring of Death on the Xbox 360. Um, it, yep. You don't have to deal any of that with software. You can put out an update and a patch and it's solved and resolved within, you know, as long as it takes for an update to propagate. So... But here's the other thing too. One other point, and then I'll 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 turn it back to you. They're already in development of the next Xbox right now, most likely. Yeah. What are What are they developing right now for the future? Is the question. Well, because you got to remember, here's one the thing. 2027 Xbox isn't developed in 2026. It's being developed right now. And are we farther? Are yeah. we far, Are we progressed far enough right now where they can see the future on that and and take the gamble of making a device that is that. Now, I will note, one of the Xboxes and one of the PlayStation 5s don't have disk drives, so they're for they're yep. practically there anyway. Um, it's just but making it a cheaper that, device that doesn't do anything. And that segues into my next issue that I think is going to kind of help make this decision. Okay. Developers are claiming that many studios are asking Xbox to drop the mandatory Series S compatibility. Now, they have the Series S, which is the weaker one, and then they have the Series X, which has all the higher-end um, hardware on it. has the ability to do ray tracing and things like that. has an SSD, you know, bigger hard drive, all of this. Well, I think that they're going to then split off. Rather than doing this weaker S like they've done in the past, I think what they're going to do is they're going to have the streaming. That'll The S will be the streaming version, and then they'll have the full-powered version, if anything, 
and get rid of this weaker version that runs on hardware. Because as they're finding out, developers are now having to either limit the, the capabilities of their game so they don't have to maintain two totally different versions of the game. to be Because yeah. right now, for them to make a game on Xbox, they either have to weaken it down to something that can run on the S mm. or they have to have two versions of it, one made for the S and one made for the X that has Let me ask you this, though. Why... Why can't they just do two different quality versions like like a PC game? I, I'm, I'm not, I know that an Xbox isn't a PC. You mean PC. Like, a, like a slider box? Well, I mean, just thinking about it, the, Call of Duty doesn't make a hundred different versions of Call of Duty for the PC to handle different specs. You adjust the graphics in the game. Why not? Why can't they do something similar to that for, for I guess it's just not built into the platform, maybe? I'm not sure. There it seems to me there happened to be a way to scale textures based on resources. Probably based would on, be my thoughts. Okay, well, I would think, too, you know, some of it, look at, for instance, with the new Unreal Engine 5, them mm -hmm. building the these new crazy graphics. Well, th some of those things are reliant on a certain level of hardware to be able to perform those tasks and show those graphics, even though it's really making it work, you know, on, if you have too weak of a machine, it's not going to be able to even do that. Even if it's Correct. scaling it down, it can't do that in real time, right? I think that's the kind of issues they're probably running into. Hmm. Um, you know, the, the, or they're making games for a native 4K, you now have to have two different versions of graphics because can it downsize in real time and compress and show something at a lower that lower, much lower of a resolution on the S if you're putting the original graphics in at 4K. You know, it, How it, it, it takes resources to do that. Yeah, but 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 again, I'll, I'll make the same point. It doesn't, on a PC, you can play, you can play, see, you can play Counter-Strike Source on a 25-year-old, or a 20-year-old computer with, with, yeah. with the lowest of low specs. And you can also spend... $10,000 on a computer and play it at the highest graphic settings possible. So there just must be something with the Xbox platform where that's not possible. That's what needs to change yeah. because this is not a problem on PC. This is only a console problem with having to handle different versioning for specs. That doesn't make any sense to yeah. me. That's got to change. Yeah, because they're saying they're having to optimize it for the lowest performer. Which, and then it's saying an entire generation of games is getting hung, stram, hung hamstrung by these potatoes. You know, by that the Xbox S, and but then see that's also been a point on PC. But again, if you have, if you scale up the game or make oh, it memory constraints too, they're saying the memory constraints are a big pain to work with on it. Well, so again, that's probably something that maybe you can't scale it down enough to fix. You know, you have to limit your game to fit in that memory, regardless of what the graphics are, uh, and you can't just make it for the memory that the Xbox Series X has. All right. Well, then, hold on. I know we're running a little bit long, but I need to, I need to look up the the specs of this because th it's making out to be that this thing is some, um, you know, like garbage device that has no specs at all. Well, I just want to see. And in Microsoft, in June, one thing Microsoft did is they made they did some updates to the S Series S one to make hundreds of additional megabytes of memory available to try to give it a little bit more to work with. So the Xbox Series S has got a, an 8-core processor that runs at 3.6 gigahertz, which is a custom AMD mm -hmm. Zen 2 CPU. It's got four teraflops of uh, custom RDNA 2 GPU. It's got 10 gigabytes of GDDR6 memory. It's got a 512 gigabyte custom NVMe SSD built into it. And its performance target is 1440p at 60 FPS a second, up to 120 frames. So yeah. th this is not some Celeron processor that they shipped in a box. I mean, this is a this is a powerful device, Brian. This this has better specs than your computer and my computer probably combined. Yeah. This thing supports well, freaking thing, RTX. So one thing, uh, Gotham Knights, you know, one of the newer games... They had a tweet that they deleted, but they said Gotham Knights won't have performance options on consoles and runs at 30 frames per second. But see, that's so the that's developers being lazy. That's yeah, not and them. not making it an option. That, but see, and that's it. It is, you know, so 
that would be the equivalent of, again, Activision or anybody else coming out on PC and saying, yeah, we're not putting quality sliders in the game. You have to have a minimum of a 2070 or 2060 to play this game. And if you have a, a, a lower PC, you're shit out of luck. You're, you're no good. And that's not going to work. That, well, they that, say, that doesn't fly. So they say the developers aren't complaining about the CPU or the GPU. That It comes down to memory, their memory constraints for whatever the Xbox Series S is using to run and everything, the amount of memory that they end up with in the end, is, you know, and that they freed up a couple hundred megabytes of memory, but whatever they were working with was their biggest constraint, the memory so, available. It looks like, so the S has 10 gigabytes, the X has 16. That is a sizable difference. But again, it, yeah. I, I, think, I think there are, is it more work, but it, can it be done? The answer is yes. All right. Yeah. And, well, and the, you know, it comes down to laziness, not wanting to. Well, to I think do it comes down to laziness and just of. Well, and that's the thing is, you know, how how important how important for you is it as the developer? Is it important to have you know for people that spent six hundred dollars on a console? Is it important for them to have a better looking game than somebody spent three hundred? If so, then you need to put in the, the the legwork for it. That's all. Yep. I'll end my rant there. And, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. And then we'll see if they do this S thing again, or as I said, maybe they'll just do have a streaming device and not worry about a weaker one, but you'll have one that streams with no discs that you can put in or anything else, and then they'll have the one that's the, the standard that we're used yeah. to seeing. Yeah, so, streaming device we'll that's see. 60 bucks, and then a console that's 500 yep. or whatever. Yep. All right. Well, hey, if you want to find me, get me at uh, Brian Aldridge on Gatway. I don't Getter, Truth Social, have a stroke. Uh, all the other ones that I'm in. <laughs> uh, but, of course, Twitter. I'm at Boise Computer because there's someone else who took my name on there. Uh, if you want to go to my blog, that's biteoftech.com. And, of course, if you go to our website, infectionpodcast.com, you can go check out the upper right-hand side. Join our server on Discord. And if you do that, you can go and, uh, and join one of our 11 ARC servers. We've got a, uh, a Conan Exile server running on there. A lot of different things that you can uh, that you can do there. There's a news channel. Maybe there's a topic that you think we should be covering that we're not. Just toss a link in there, and we'll review that before the live show starts. If you want to watch the live show, you can do that on Twitch and YouTube, or you can go to the lower right-hand side and check out one of the podcast forms of the show. And all of those, we've got uh, a lot of different platforms and ways to listen, but those are recorded and then uploaded once the show is done. So if you're going to be doing that, Nick will have already posted this particular episode show notes, and so you can click on that. There's a nice video and audio player in there and links for every topic that we discuss. So if there's a source material that you want to go check out or maybe a video that you want to watch that you were having to listen to, just pull up that page and you can go check it out there. Uh, if you want to support us, there is a support option up in the menu or infectionpodcast.com forward slash support. Yes, sir. Brian, thank you very much. It greatly appreciated. Yep. As always, great show. And a uh, quick programming note for... Uh, our live listeners will be live next Tuesday. That's November the 1st. But then the week after that, we'll be live on November the 9th. Um, that is a Wednesday coming up. So if you're a live viewer, live audience member, uh, just be advised of that uh, two weeks from now, we will not be here on a Tuesday, but on a Wednesday. Brian, thank you so much. As always, greatly appreciated. And uh, we'll see you next week. We'll talk to you soon. Alrighty, folks, thank you so much for joining us. You can follow me on Twitter at Nicholas M. Craig. You can check out my uh, daily political antics at nickcraig.com. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Have a great week. We will see you next time. Bye-bye.